space, a final frontier. These are the voyages of the starship Enterprise. Its five-year mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no man has gone before. I never get tired of that. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Star Trek Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about who was the better captain, Kirk or Picard. And I know for a fact that it was Captain Kirk. No, 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 no. Damn it, Glenn. It's the PlayStation Nation Podcast, not the Star Trek Podcast. What's that? What? Who? Oh, damn it. That's yeah, what happens I, when, I, look, when I move to my parents' basement and I'm 35 years old. Damn it. Just because you're in your parents' basement doesn't mean you have to act like it, Glenn. But Be I want to talk it. about Troubles and, and above Spock it. and T'Pol and everything from Star Trek Enterprise. Now you just sound like the turtle from Sly Cooper. Oh, yeah. All right. I'll shut this up. How about that? All right. So anyway, uh, hey, everybody. PlayStation Nation Podcast, episode 30. Your one and only source for all news, PlayStation, you, Sony, PSP. 30 times. Unbelievable. 30. That's crazy. All right. Uh, with you again, Glenn Percival and Mr. Jared Johnston. How's it going tonight, man? Uh, for the record, Picard could kick Kirk's ass. Oh, boy. You, you want to get into that debate? I mean, we already ripped each other apart earlier today. We might as well do it again. Well, Picard could outthink Kirk. But Kirk was a bigger guy. He could kick Picard's ass. Yeah, you know him. Right. I know. Yeah, you I know don't know. Right. I, I'll take brains over bronze any day. Well, yeah. Yeah, you got a good point. Okay, enough of this. So um, I don't know. <laughs> No, no, think... let's, let's stop with the Star Trek stuff, because now I'm going to actually have to get a, like a Star Trek poster and put it up on the wall down here. So You want mine? I'm looking at one right now. No, that's okay. Okay. All right, All right uh, so we're anyway. going to kind of stick to the format that we had last week. It seems to have gone over pretty well. So um, we have four emails today and one voicemail, so uh, let's jump right into it. How about that? Okay, I will go ahead and get started. Dear PlayStation Nation Podcast, Hi guys, it's me, Walker, or Valine from VGEVO. I recently joined the forums after hearing your podcast for some time. I actually found you guys after listening to the PSB fa- PS3 Fanboy Podcast. Oh great, you've moved on. They didn't have new shows, so I decided to find another podcast. Eventually I found you guys, and to my surprise, you are frickin' awesome, all in capitalization. I love how you guys don't act like the PS3 is the only console out there and how you guys still play other games besides the Sony ones, even though I'm a PlayStation fan. So thank you guys on the great podcast. That's what we're here for. Now, yes, we try. Now on to my question. If you've seen me on the forums, you you by now know that I am a huge Final Fantasy fan. I think it's the greatest thing that's ever come out of video games, and I'm excited about the future of Square. So you can understand why my most anticipated game right now is Final Fantasy XIII. After seeing all the hype and mystery going into this game, and after seeing the beauty of the game, and after seeing that there will be many games in the franchise, I think this game could actually surpass Final Fantasy VII. Final Fantasy VII is my favorite game of all time, and I don't think anything could be better, but I have a strange feeling 13 might do it. What do you guys think? My second question pertains to the porty, the, the porty, the 40 gigabyte PS3. A lot of people think that it was a stupid decision not to have backwards compatibility. 
I don't think it's that bad. I mean, we should still have a PS2. I mean, it's like, it's is it like people threw away their PS2 as soon as the PS3 came out? I think it's better to play on a PS2 anyway, since they will have rumble in the on the games on the PS2. So I say people should play PS2 games on their PS2, and people should play their PS3 games on their PS3. What do you guys think? Thanks for reading, and I'd love for this email to be up on the show. Thanks, Walker. Your wishes are command. Yes. So uh, let's talk about Final Fantasy 13. Now, are you a big Final Fantasy player? I the last one I played was Final Fantasy 7. Because I just don't have the time to play the games. I think th- 13 looks phenomenal. Um, I always thought 10 and 10-2 looked phenomenal. I just uh, I, I don't want to start playing those games just because I know I don't have the time to finish them. Uh, I probably will check 13 out, though. I, I'll probably rent it at least uh, just to get a feel for it. I'll be... Uh, I'm honestly I'm a little hesitant with Final Fantasy 13. I'm sure Final Fantasy 13 itself will be good. But the fact that there's going to be like eight games with the words Final Fantasy 13 on them, and the last time uh, Square made an action game with the words Final Fantasy on it, it sucked pretty Dirt damn bad. Of Cerberus. Oh my god, that game was so awful. Never let the Japanese make make a shooter ever. So while I think Final Fantasy 13 will be good, I'm really not sure about the whoring out of the franchise. Like, and that's what they're doing. They're whoring it out. There's no nice way to put it you know i well i think it'd be better than final fantasy 7 uh i don't know my favorite is actually final fantasy 9 that was always my favorite final fantasy but uh i'm pretty much the only person who thinks that so i don't know uh what do you think glenn um i i think it's gonna be a great game i mean obviously they're putting a lot of time into it and i I do think that it's gonna be a fantastic game um you know, a lot of the Final Fantasy fans have come out and said that it's probably going to be um, one of the better ones just because of the changes that they made to the gameplay. I mean, the interface on Final Fantasy X, I know a lot of people really liked it. Um, so it just seems like they've, they've done a lot better. I agree, though, that they're obviously, um, like, capitalizing on the name. And, you know, you hear about all these they're, different they're... titles coming out. It's just ridiculous. Yeah, and they've got, like, five games coming out with Final Fantasy VII on it. Uh, they're working on that remake. Oh, oh, I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> Oops. Uh, yeah, yeah, like Supposed that's not going to happen. Yeah. Well, and, and even the remakes that they've done to, for the PSP so far, I mean, they're really good. Um, <laughs> I don't know. There's really not much you can do with Final Fantasy 2. Well, no, it's but the best I mean, it, it's of a enough bad of a game. graphical upgrade that it, it doesn't look like a NAS game, but you have it in portable format, and it's pretty cool. So, I don't know. It, it, at least well, I, they're, they're doing that for the fans, and, and you can play it on your modern system. Well, I bought it for my brother for his birthday, and I asked him like a week ago, so you put a lot of time in? He goes, eh, I put like an hour into it. That's his birthday RPGs, was in the middle gotta, of July. You got to hunker down on those things, man. Yeah, I guess so. Um, on your second question, you know what? We'll get to that in the news section. So we're going to go ahead and move on to our second email. All right. Uh, hold on, I gotta click over to it. Oh, come on, why can't you be prepared? <laughs> well, I didn't know we were gonna you jump don't... that fast. Well, okay. you know, it, we already got that in the news section, so we're gonna talk about it in the news section. All right, yeah, no, no problem. Um, and actually, this is a great question because, um, well, I'll get into it in a second. Uh, hey guys, I got a question about Japanese baseball games. With this talk recently about MLB Power Pros, it got me thinking about Konami's other baseball series called Pro Yaku Spirits. 
okay, when I was in Hong Kong in April, I saw this game on sale for the 360, but did not get it because I think it was the Japanese version and was not sure if it would work on my USA console. And he says, good choice, because PlayAsia says it's not. Uh, now I know it was also released for the PS3 this year as, as well. My question is how is how you guys ever played the, the series or known others that have because I would be interested in picking it up next year for the PS3. Thanks a lot from Eaton Rifles. He's one of our VGEVO uh, forms members as well. And this is great timing because I actually ordered um, Pro Baseball Spirits 4 from Konami for the PS3. So I'm just waiting for it to show up from PlayAsia.com. It, didn't you say last week that Power Pros and that baseball game share the same engine? It's um, just one's chibi and one's not? Well, the same engine to a certain extent. I think it, it relies on the certain uh, or the same kind of rules engine. Um, there are different graphics engines completely. It looks very realistic, like ridiculously realistic. Uh, I also found a website out there called something to the effect of JapaneseBaseball.com. And uh, did a lot of reading on it, and it definitely works with the USA PS3s. Uh, there's a lot of Japanese, but apparently there's a fact uh, floating around, so I'm looking around for that still. Uh, but it's very playable, even without being able to, you know, uh, get get through some of the menus. Um, but also, you can play online against people in Japan, and it actually works really well. So I think cool. that's kind of cool. Yeah. So um, hopefully next week or the week after, I'll have uh, like kind of a review of that game. And let you guys know, you know how how good it is. Now, from the reading I did, the PS3 version was definitely the version to get. Uh, it was more updated. I guess they do pretty much everybody's stance, everybody's pitching style, everything kind of like what you get in the United States. Um, but they really went into graphical detail, and the PS3 version apparently um, just had more detail, except for there's like one thing that it didn't have that the, the 360 version did. Uh, but it was something kind of oh. minor. It, but I guess the 360 version actually has a lot more overall than the 360 version. So, again, you know, I, I'll do some reading on it, but, I mean, this is one of the nice things about having a system that's uh, pretty much region-free, unless you have to, you know, go to a PAL system. So uh, I'm definitely going to give that a try, and I'll let everybody know. All right. Very cool. Now uh, we're going to go ahead and move on to a, my hate mail. <laughs> I don't know if it's so a hate let's... mail. It's just more of a... Uh, well, he's calling me out, and honestly, he's got a reason to. Yeah. So let's go into what he says. He says, okay, I'm going to start this up by just saying, wow, that was painful, Jared. Storm has nothing to do at all with D Dynasty Wars except for being developed by Omega Force. It's actually more of a combination of Koei's two big titles in the U.S., Dynasty Wars and Keshin. Keshin's big in the U.S., but I'll get into those after my rant. You do not play as a historical figure. You make your own mercenary. You can take control of different squads of different kinds of men and lead them in the battle. Three, you can hold down the R1 button to do a standard attack move, which means that your men will keep engaging the enemy as long as you are holding the button. The triangle, square, and circle buttons are the special attack. Each unit type has their own special attacks, which are very good. Generally, two offensive spells and defensive ones, and nothing is more fun than setting up a spear guard against a charging cavalry or a shield guard against charging long, long swordsmen. From what I... Four... From what I can tell, the demo, it will have a very deep level of customization, RPG level. Lots of different armor types. You have to learn how to use command and different weapons. And in the demo, you start out with just being able to take control of short swordsmen with shields, long swordsmen, an archer company, and a cavalry squad. After the first town I captured, I was able to use spearmen, 
and you can tell from the other different units on the field that there will be a massive number of different types available. I've also seen a few country-specific units, such as British longbows and French hammer guys. I forgot the real name of them. Other units are pikes, halberdmen, and more. Five. In the bar itself, you can get your contacts, talk contracts. to people about stuff going on, check all your stats, buy stuff from a merchant, recruit squads of your own, which can be brought into battlefield. There's just so much stuff that I seriously think discrediting the game by just saying it's a Dragon Warriors in a different place is rather ridiculous. No, Great Warriors. podcast, guys. Keep it up. Go Cowboys. Go Packers, he says. Go Packers. Uh, yeah. Go Packers. 5-0, baby. 5-0. Yeah. And the greatest football game I've ever seen on Monday night. See, th- this is why I love the fact that we actually have some very, um, not just uh, passionate people that listen to the show, but also people that are willing to, to, to call us out and because they know we're going to read them. But also that, I mean, this is a great description of this game. And um, yeah. I didn't know all this about the game either. So this is awesome. Well, okay. Uh, first off, if the game is like this, that actually sounds pretty cool. And it's definitely not just Dynasty Wars, but in Medieval Age. But the reason I said that is because I've seen so many... Dynasty Warriors and Samurai Warriors and combinations of that and Dynasty Warriors Gundam that when I immediately saw an army game made by Koei, I went, another one. I am not paying attention to this at all. So the fact that I immediately wrote it off as a Dynasty Warriors clone is pretty much Koei's own damn fault. But yeah, if if it is different, then I'd be willing to give it a chance then. And I'm actually going to download the demo right after we're done today and I will give a full report on it next week. Cool. All right. Yeah, so, I, I, I can't really speak too much to it because, I mean, like the Dynasty Warriors series, things like that, I have never really played. Um, you know, I, I remember Koei games even all the way back to, um, you know, the NES days. And they've always Liberty been... Liberty or death. Well, yeah. Um, so it, it's great that we... I mean, you and I aren't going to like every single game that comes out or every genre of every game that comes out. So it's great that we have guys like this. Yeah. Well, it's also great that, you know, like we had the the review from Industria last week. I had no ambition in in Skate or Tony Hawk or anything else. I'm just not a skating fan. It's great that we got that review from him. And, you know, so uh, keep it up, guys. By the way, um, neither of us are going to play Tony Hawk's Proving Ground. So Industria, if you want to hop on that, too, you can go ahead and jump right on it. And you're more than welcome. And he and he didn't sc- sound like a uh, what was he saying like a squelchy little ten year old or something this time because I didn't screw up the audio. Yeah, no, he sounded fine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, number four. Uh, number oh, by four. the way, Cormar, thanks very much for sending that email. He he said something about it on the chat box, and I asked him to send us an email, so that's where that came from. So th- thanks for sending that in. Yeah. Props. Yeah. Uh, our last email, hey guys, what's up? Just wanted to say that I love the podcast. It's so much more relaxed and less stiff than other podcasts. Cough, PS3 fanboy, cough. <laughs> uh, anyway, I got a couple questions for Tell you Tell us what you really think, Glenn. <laughs> I didn't say it. Oh, okay. That's right in the email. Uh, oh, it is? Yeah. Uh, oh, okay. Num- actually, I listen to PS3 fanboy, but um, he just hasn't. they haven't had a new episode in a long time. I could not. I listened to it for about fifteen minutes, and I just couldn't do it. Oh, all right. Because that's what it is. PS3 fanboys. Well, a couple of them are, but uh, a couple other ones. They 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 have a voice of reason on every now and then. So, 
Uh, all right, on to his questions. Number one, the GoCam able, or can you uh, see? Now this is a little off. Number one, uh, IV GoCam able to be imported to America and used on an American PSP. That's that little camera that clicks into the top, I believe. Uh, I really want one, but I'm afraid to import one and have it not work. Oh, okay. Afraid to import one and have it not work. I have found nothing but conflicting reports on the internet about it. Um, it's a good question. I, well, on well, the, PS3 the PSP's region settings, free. on the settings bar, you can actually find camera settings. Yeah. Um, boy, that might be something you might want to email uh, Play Asia about. They should have a contact email address right on their front page. It's play-asia.com. Um, I would say it would work, but I don't want to tell you flat out that it will. So um, would... While we're on the subject of importing, Glenn, should we mention what we're trying to import on a group basis? Uh, yeah, I was going to bring that up, but uh, you know, we, we have the thread out there to uh, to see how many people are interested in importing uh, some DualShock 3 controllers from Japan next month. Uh, Play Asia actually had them listed on their site, and they were swiftly uh, taken up in about five minutes. Uh, it looks like the pricing is going to be roughly like around 60 to 70 bucks for one controller. Uh, if you're interested, well, I'm going to buy one. I am going to buy one as well. Because Ratchet well, and Clank is going to support broken. it right out of the box. So um, if you're interested, uh, and I need to know how many controllers you uh, you want right away, uh, if we get enough people, um, I'm going to start checking with some importers in a couple weeks, see if maybe we can get some better pricing. At this point, we, the people that have that have uh, gotten on there and listed, we really don't have enough people so far. Um, but I'm not going to use PlayAsia specifically. I'm just going to check with some importers, see if we can get anything done. Um, but I need to know how many people really want one, things like that. Now, Ratchet & Clank will use it out of the box. Call of Duty 4 might actually use it right out of the box. Uh, Uncharted will. The only thing that we can't guarantee is that you're going to have any patches for existing games like MotorStorm, something like that. Um, I don't know if that's going to be you know, added a, with another firmware or something like that, or if it's a, that's a separate patch. So we, we, we don't know that, but um, we are going to try to import them. If not, you know, you can just fend for yourself. Uh, the one other thing is I think we're going to have to limit this to North America. Uh, we already had a question about, I think, sending in one to Australia and maybe over to Europe. Uh, I don't think I can even do that if we did that order. So you might have to find your own importers in your regions to do so. Yeah. Um, so if you want to, uh, we're kind of on a time constraint too, because apparently these are going fast. Yeah, so going real fast. You want one? You need to email us at ps 3 podcast at gmail dot com or go on bgvo dot com. Actually, I would just get on go there. to bgvo. Yeah, just go to bgvo. Yeah, there, there's a thread Let's right go- in the PlayStation, uh, the PlayStation Three section. It's set up as a sticky. And so it should be right at the top of the list. And just post in there real quick if you're interested, yes. Um, and how many you want, one or two or four or whatever. Um, yeah, we need, to, we need to get on that quick, fast, and in a hurry. Yep. Okay, back to our email here. We only have a little bit left here. Uh, he says, okay. second question, any word on when we will be seeing the firmware update on the PSP that allows remote play to turn on your PS3? Because this seems to be a huge feature, which is not really talked about at all. Thanks, Kip182. We haven't gotten a firm date, but from some other news tonight, I have a feeling we're going to see it at the end of the month. And we'll get to that in the news section. 
All right. Well, I guess actually, we don't have that as a news item, do we? So we can no, we don't. But we it. we'll go ahead and talk about. It. Yeah, we'll talk um, about it in the news. Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, we have one voicemail this week from a return. Or this is actually, I think, a second or third time sending a voicemail in. This is from. I think this is his third. Yeah, I think this is his third as well. Uh, this is from our listener, Cry for War. So here we go. Uh, what's up, PlayStation Nation Podcast? This is Cry for War, and I just wanted to put my opinion on Metal Gear Solid Four and Metal Gear Online. This is ridiculous. Shouldn't be happening. It's a ripoff to anyone out there when you look at the orange box what they had with it. This is a ripoff. Nobody gets Velvet Online. Same goes for Grand Turismo and Prologue and GT5. Ripoff, I'm out. Wow. That's what you really think. <laughs> um, All right, so yeah, it's, I'll, it's, I'll, I'm the Metal right. Gear guy, so I will jump on this. I agree, but I'm still gonna buy it. I th- well, that's it. I was listening to Ryan Payton talk about it. I think I one up yours, and the reasons he gave for having them split up is the fact that um, they're me- being made by two separate development teams um, at Kojima Productions, but also the fact that um, oh, what did he say? Something to the effect of. They well, they wanted to uh, focus on the, the single disc player. For, well, I think they're using the whole disc for M- MGS4. He said something about that, like space limitation, but also, yeah, he didn't g- give a great, like a really succinct uh, reason why they're doing it. There's um, probably a good reason, and you know, we don't have the pricing on Metal Gear Online yet. Um, you know, who knows? It could come out on the PlayStation Network for like twenty bucks. You know, and hey, it's better than. Buying a Metal Gear Solid 3 Snake Eater, and then a year and a half later, hey, you want to play online? Buy it again. Yeah. But, I, well, I do think that it's not going to come out as a download. I think it's going to be a disc-based uh, game. But I could be wrong. I mean, they're bringing Soulcom Confrontation out for a download, so you never know. Yeah, we, we have to wait and see on that. And uh, with the Gran Turismo 5 prologue, you know, the disc being sold for, like, 40 pounds. Well, it's about 40 bucks. That's being reamed. That that is getting right in there in your hardcore fan base because they will buy it and they know it, so they're gonna just charge them up the butt. I think if they didn't support online play, I would have a big problem with it. But I mean, you, you think get, you think that pricing fair? I don't know. They haven't really they haven't released a U.S. price yet. So I mean, because they know it's gonna sell in Japan. I mean. Ugh. I no, don't but know. It's, it's I mean, where, it's I a know. glorified demo. Forty no, cars, no matter what. Forty cars no is a glorified you... demo, and, and I know MC yeah, Wilson has. Grand Turismo, that's a glorified too. demo. That's like an eighth of what's going to be in there. Uh, I don't know. I, I mean, it's pretty full featured. You've got five full tracks. You can play them in reverse. You can play online. You got forty cars to choose from. But again, we haven't gotten U.S. pricing yet, and I know MC Wilson's got a very, very strong opinion about this, and. I actually expect an email now, but uh, I'm not going to... I'm going to reserve judgment until I see what we actually get. I will, I will War, agree huh? with that, but I'm not paying more than $30. Well, you paid 40 bucks for Warhawk. I paid 60 for Warhawk. No, you paid 40 for Warhawk and 20 for a headset. Oh, yeah. But I got more out of Warhawk than I'm going to get out of Prologue. Well, but you're not a racing fan. 
Well, I'm a ra- I like burnout, and uh, you know, burnout's not racing. That's arcade. Oh, okay, fine. That that's the virtual sticking your nose up right there, isn't it? You just gotta tip your head up and go, "Oh yes, that's not racing." <laughs> well, hey, I love burnout, but it's not really racing. It's it, it's not a sim like Gran Turismo is. Yeah, but still, you're okay. That's the same thing with Metal Gear Online. You're gonna pay forty dollars for that disc. That's I don't care what you say. It's a big demo. And then you're going to go and pay $60 again for all the Actually, stuff you got in that demo? You're getting a full demo of Metal Gear Online on the MGS4 disc. Well, no, you're not getting a demo. You're getting what they're calling the starter pack, which is just some real basic stuff of what Metal Gear Online is going to be. And then you're going to get the Metal Gear... Um, the way, the way you talked, the, I, think you, I think you're getting like three maps... And, I mean, they're calling it a starter pack, but who knows? I mean, they're calling it a starter pack. Who knows if if you have that on MGS4, then everything else is just DLC. And then they're going to release a, a retail unit later. I mean, that's the problem. We just don't know. Yeah, we have to wait. We, that's all. we got to play the waiting game. Yep. All right. So uh, we're going to go ahead and move right into our reviews for this week. And we're going to go ahead and start with a hands-on impression that me and Glenn both had of Ratchet and Clank Future Tools of Destruction. I want this game now, you're so the big you're the big Ratchet and Clank guy, so I'm going to let you go ahead and gush. Um, the demo that's on the PSN is confirmed to be uh, like a more updated version of the demo that you got from GameStop. Which so is no, what I played. Well, there's no tearing on the screen anymore. The frame rate is is solid. Um, on my system, and I, I wonder if this is because I'm not on, on um, surround sound, but the voices weren't working on the demo. I don't know. Well, that's probably just feed issues with your speakers. No, well, it's either because I don't have it in surround or I could kind of hear some muffled stuff, so I think there's a screw-up. But uh, the demo's 1.6 gig to, to download. God damn! Uh, it's a pretty long demo, though. It's it's basically the first level of the game, and then it gets you right up to the point where you're going to fight a boss. Um, oh my god, the game's gorgeous. Um, yes. Plays, I would almost say, better than Up Your Arsenal. Um, the control's a lot more tweaked. Um, uh, music's awesome. Graphics are incredible. It is a Pixar film. I'm telling you people, it looks like a Pixar film. Uh, download the demo. It's worth the download. Uh, I want this game more now than ever. And that, and that's it. I mean, it's Ratchet and Clank. And, you know, there was a little part where, is, you, where you had to kind of skydive and you use the six axis to move around. Um, that was cool. That was really tight, too. I mean, the, the control was really tight. They had a good dead zone in it. And um, so, you know, if you just tilted a little bit, all of a sudden it just didn't freak out. Um, so I was really impressed with that part of it. Well, my problem is, okay, one of your big selling points, obviously, is what you just said. Hey, it's Ratchet and Clank. Awesome. To me, that's its biggest weakness. It's Ratchet and Clank. It doesn't really do much new. Sure, you got the new weapons, and the Groovatron is pretty much the coolest gun ever. But And it looks insanely good. And, you know, nobody's going to fault it for that. But gameplay-wise, it's the same thing you saw in the last four Ratchet and Clank games. That, well, to a lesser extent, Deadlock. And it feels, a, one thing I will give it, it feels a little bit more platformy than Ratchet and Clank Up Your Arsenal did, which basically turned it into a third-person shooter. 
Well, uh, also, they're, they're utilizing the six-axis. Um, I've seen videos uh, where you fly around this glider. Um, it's the first game to come out with um, rumble support built in. Uh, you know, full 7.1 sound, 60 frames per second locked. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, we can't say too much about it off the demo. The demo is one level out of a bunch, I'm sure. Uh, the, the videos I've seen look great, and the demo is everything I expected it to be. So I want the game. I and want it, it too, but I don't think I'll be running out the door day one to be getting. I'll probably pick it up uh, probably in spring when I have less stuff to play. Yeah, I've got a whole day. lot on my play right now. I'm getting it on launch day. I'm Insomniac's bitch. I'll admit it. Yeah, you are. But that's a good thing. Uh, yeah, you know, it works. All right, so... Uh, that was just a real quick impressions. We will have a full review of the game when it comes out on the 23rd, I think. 23rd or 25th. 23rd or oh, Late October. Let's go, go with late October. All right, so we're going to go ahead and move on to our second review, and we're reviewing Everyday Shooter. It's a uh, downloadable game off the PlayStation Network. It's created by Jonathan Mack. And it is exclusive to the PlayStation 3, and it is $10, and you should buy it right now. Yeah, buy it. Um, That's all. <laughs> this, to me, is the story of the year. Because it's this little game. It's made by one guy. You know, his name's Jonathan. And it even says right on the PlayStation. You open up the PlayStation Network right now. It says, a game by Jonathan Mack. And I, I'm just sitting there going, wow, that's so old school. And that's so cool that just in the middle of the PlayStation 3, you've got this huge store. And it says right there, a game by Jonathan Mack. And that's who made it. One guy made this game. One guy did everything for this game. Uh, He's he did kind of music. a weirdo. He, had, uh, he showed some pictures today. And he had seaweed hanging out of his PS3. And he uh, has it hooked up to a 12-inch SD TV. <laughs> Seaweed? I think he's the Canadian version of Jeff Minter. I think that's what we just got. <laughs> and that's not a bad thing. No, definitely not. Okay, so let's go ahead and talk about the gameplay. Now, okay, you've never played anything like it before. Okay, you're this little ship, and you move around with the left analog stick. And here's the thing. You shoot with the right analog stick. Aha, uh-huh, eh? but no, 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 eh? no, no, no. See, if you if you read the notes that he put in there... He even says, I think it plays better if you use the D-pad and the four buttons. And if you if you really dig in, you'll notice that with the right analog when you're shooting, you're only shooting in eight directions. It's not like a Super Stardust HD where you get these really subtle movements of the gun. You're shooting in eight directions. Well, the one thing that really grabbed me about Everyday Shooter is that it's a whole lot more methodical than something like uh, Super Stardust HD. Well, you know, it's basically you're getting eight different games. Um, every level has its own chaining system, and every level has its own visuals, has its own music, and it's all like this really simplistic guitar music that kind of reacts to what you're doing um, in, in kind of the vein of Res to a certain extent. But it's not this it did, you know, it did, booming uh, soundtrack. It did remind me of that. Well, the game itself actually reminds me more of Every Extend Extra to a certain extent where you're trying to chain things together. There's a couple levels where, you know, these these things will actually kind of float out and when you blow them away, they'll they'll take out like a whole screen of stuff uh, if you chain it correctly. 
And what you do is, you know, you blow this stuff up and all of a sudden the chain goes off and everything turns into these little white dots. And you have to move around to pick up the white dots to get a score. And literally every one of them is worth one point. So it's not this insane uh, scoring either. And, yeah, um, and by the end of every uh, everyday shooter, you will not have a score of like 91,975,068, for example. Christ. If you go into his notes, he even lists um, his high scores for every level. And what you do then is, with the more points that you earn, you actually can buy unlocks. And there's unlocks for changing the contrast and the color scheme of the different levels, to randomize the levels. Basically um, like a cheat menu. Not really a cheat menu. It's it's something to extend the game and to change the game around for you. Um, there is no, there's no cheats in there. I mean, the only thing that I saw is that you well, can actually... Well, there are extenders and differentiators and that kind of thing. I mean... Well, you can't like, buy multipliers or anything. Like it just changes menu. the game. Well, it kind of reminds me of something like the cheat menu in, like, remember if Turok Dinosaur Hunter had all these crazy stuff you could do where you could play, like, have it look like Space Giraffe or something like that and have it all black oh. and white. And Yeah, but I, I don't it think these are... That, I think. Yeah, but these aren't that, uh, like, extreme. Extravagant. Yeah. I mean, that's that's one thing we should mention, too. The game's 38 meg. It's oh, yeah, it's a it's real small game. Yeah. Meg, and the sound is phenomenal. Just, I mean, it's... Somebody was, was talking before on, on the chat box, and he, or it was on NeoGAF, I think, and he said, I've never had a game soothe me as much as when I was playing this game. I mean, you just get into the zone, and you kind of just hunker down, and you're just playing it. And, oh, that's one other thing about the control. When you're not shooting, you move faster. So that's another yeah, thing you kind of Yeah, I did notice about. that. Yeah, so I, it, it's really weird. It's almost like you're playing a Java game to a certain extent with some of the visuals and everything else. It's real blocky graphics. Even on like the first level, the background will move around and react to where you're moving. Um, really tough to explain the visuals unless you actually play it. But um, man, I love um, it. Yeah, I'm not even going to try to explain the visuals. Go look at yeah. it. Um, it has you know online leaderboards. I really like the whole. I mean, it feels very personal. It definitely feels like a game made by one guy. And it even says like in the notes menu, it's like, "Hi, I'm Jonathan Mack. This is my game." Yep. And uh, you know it. It's really, it's really cool that this actually got made and this is actually out there. And somebody at Sony had took the chance of taking this game and making it this big downloadable game, this big deal. This and game is a big deal. Yep. And they even signed him to a four-game deal. I mean, you know, it, it, it's it's great that that we got this game because it, it was available on the PC uh, for free. And when he came in, he said the biggest problem was actually getting into a 16.9 screen or widescreen because he had made it perfectly for a, a 4 by 3 screen and uh, he said that was the biggest thing but he had it up and running on the PS3 I think they said within I want to say 3 days or 7 days one of the two um, yeah the guy is obviously a programming and there are no four, there are no 4s or 5s in the, in the code unless there's a 54 <laughs> go up what to the, the, go, up to the hell? go up to the PlayStation blog and and there was there was a big thing about it today, and uh, he he posts all these pictures of his new sixty gig PS3 and how it's plugged into a twelve inch TV that he's playing Heavenly Sword on. Um, that poor poor guy. Yesterday I bought five pounds of hash browns. I mean, just all this weird ass stuff. And then he says the everyday shooter code has no fours or fives except in the combination of fifty four or in very rare instances zero dot five. 
because five and four are very unlucky numbers. <laughs> you ever heard of five and four being unlucky? It was always like 13 and like 666 and that I kind of thing. Know. And then he actually okay, has yes. under that, there are eight levels in Everyday Shooter and eight points in this post because eight is a very lucky number. <laughs> okay, he's obviously a very kooky dude. Oh, I've seen a picture of him, yeah. He's, he's definitely He kind of looks like type. he just came out of a cave or something. Uh, I wouldn't say that. He might be listening to this man. Please be on our show. Please Um, be on the show. I'll say, you know, let's just cut to the chase. It's 10 bucks. Buy it. This is the kind of thing that that everybody needs to to support. This is a phenomenal game. It's it's really weird because it actually masks its simplicity so well. And it's one of the more deep games you've ever played because you have to try to figure out the different chaining on each of the eight levels. So and literally, you're strategy. almost like getting eight different games. Yeah, you got to just, there's a lot of strategy to it. You got to think, okay, how am I going to take this level on? How am I going to take this level on? And once you get good at it, you can really start racking up the points, and then you can do the whole, uh... now, now has Boric Falico got a hold of this game yet? Uh, not that I've heard, but uh, it's only a matter of time. Yeah, we're all boned. Yep, we're boned. Yep, indeed. Does he still hold the record on our friends list for Super Stardust? Yeah, but somebody got pretty close to him now. Yeah. All right, so yeah, I'm going to go ahead and post uh, the fanboy question, which is Super Stardust or Everyday Shooter? Totally different games. I wouldn't even compare them. Apples and oranges. Yeah, completely different. Uh, so five out of five? Five out of five. Five out of five. Absolutely go buy it immediately. Yep. Yep, it's worth every penny. Mm-hmm. All right, so uh, we've got one more review for you this week. We've got a review of Folklore. It's uh, developed by Game Republic, the same people who brought you Genji Days of the Blade. And it is exclusive for the PlayStation 3 and brought out by Sony Computer Entertainment. Um, in the game, you play as two characters, Ellen and Keats. Ellen's, Ellen is a 17-year-old girl who is who mysteriously one day gets a letter from her mother, who she thought was dead, to come to this town called Doolin uh, in Ireland, which is a haunted town with a mysterious past. And you also play as Keats, who is a reporter for an occult magazine, and he gets a phone call one day for a woman who is in, who needs help and is apparently in pain and is about to die in the town of Doolin. So he goes there as well, and they arrive at the same time. And uh, from there, some weird stuff happens. He tries to, she tries to find her mother. She dies, and they're both brought into the netherworld of um, of the game. Where, well, it's kind of, it's not really an afterlife because it's a very different interpretation of it. So basically, when you die, you don't really remain yourself. You get turned into a monster. Basically, you're a monster formed in the shape of your memories. And she becomes a guardian, a messenger, and you beca- and and uh, Keats becomes a guardian. And from there, you try to go about solving the mystery of what happened to the woman, why are they here, what happened to the town of Doolin. Um, it's a really amazing story. It's told, it's told well. Um, you'll get three different ways of telling the story. You'll get pre-rendered cutscenes, which look phenomenal, and there's also a couple in-game cutscenes too. That's what you'll see about a third of the time. 
most of the time you'll get these um, comic book style sequences where like the characters will be on screen and then a comic book panel will pop up and it'll zoom in and zoom out. You'll get, you know, talk bubbles and that kind of thing. And it really, it has a cool feel to it. The only problem is there really isn't, there isn't voice acting. So it kind of feels uh, subpar in the production values. So there's no voice acting even in the, in the cutscenes? There is voice acting in the pre-rendered cutscenes. Okay, so that's the only place you get them. And there is also voice acting in the uh, not the in-game cutscenes. So you do. Oh, there okay. is a lot of voice acting because there are a lot of these cutscenes. Okay. And then you'll also get my least favorite is, but you'll also see the least often is just two characters standing on the screen talking like over a black screen or something like that. Like the screen, the screen fades, and then you get the like the busts of the two people talking on one side to another. I really don't like this. I didn't like it when it was done on the Super Nintendo 15 years ago. I don't like it now. When you uh, were four? What? When you were four years old? Yeah, I didn't like it. I'm like, this is stupid, Mom. <laughs> so, you know, I, the story is told well, and you really do get a great interpretation of what it is. It's just, it's not told as well as you'd hope it would. But I really love the story, and that leads into my favorite part of the game, which is... The characters, the artwork, and the atmosphere is second to none on the PlayStation 3. It looks... This game looks absolutely incredible. Not necessarily from a technical standpoint, but from an artistic standpoint and the vision and what these characters... What these... The people at Game Republic were trying to make. It feels like a, a darker version of something you might see uh, come out of, like, Tim Burton's mind or something like that. But much more methodical, much more... You know, the characters have a lot more oomph to them. You know what I'm saying? Well, it's also the use of color. I mean, they do. They have a really deep color palette. Um, yeah, lots of lots of purples and oranges and that kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, I played both demos and they were different. The Japanese demo was very different from the U.S. demo, and I was impressed with what I played. I, I finished both demos with both characters, and I really liked it. I just at this point, I just don't have the time to play it. Uh, that's the simple reason I didn't pick Folklore up yet. So. I'm glad you did. Yeah, but I, I, I love the art style, and it really is one of the most amazing games you'll ever look at. And and it's no slouch on the technical standpoint either. I mean, there's some beautiful bloom effects. Like, you'll be walking through a field, and you'll just be in awe at what you're looking at. Well, yeah, you'll see the I mean, shadows actually on the individual blades of grass when you're walking through some of these fields. Yeah, I mean, it really does look amazing. Now, one thing I, I didn't like about the demo is that it really didn't do a very good job of portraying the other part of the game. I'd say about half the game is what you saw in the demo, which is these, this, uh, you know, you're going through these uh, areas, you're fighting bad guys, you know, you're you're sucking their souls out, which I'll get to in a minute, but they really don't go into the really great adventure elements of the game. Half this game is an adventure game in the classic sense. You're going around, you're talking to people, you're, you're solving puzzles, you're, uh, you know, you're grabbing different memos and, you know, items and that kind of thing combined with other items. So it's actually deeper where, than uh, hit a guy me? a few times. It's it's actually deeper than hitting a guy a few times and sucking his soul out. There's actually a deeper yeah, gameplay element depth. to it. And, and that's really where you get the real sense of folklore. There's beautiful music, amazing sound effects. Uh, absol- I can't get over the music. It's some of the best I've ever heard in a video game. It suits the mood perfectly. When you're walking through Doolin in the daytime and there's one piano just playing the entire game and there's just 
there's this beautiful aura of what this game creates. That's what that's what sets this game apart from other games. And so what happens in the game is these items you collect are mementos of the dead. So you go around and like say you find a picture of of this woman and she's with her family. You take this to the uh, you take this to the place. I won't spoil it. The place where you go into the netherworld and you offer it. And then it tells you about a significant place of their lives, and you go there and you go into the netherworld. Now, in the netherworld, you go into kind of these Pokemon, uh, what you could consider Pokemon-style gameplay, where you go around and there's different monsters, and you you know you beat them up a little bit, and then their soul kind of floats on top of their body, and it's red. Now, when that happens, you press the R1 button, and you lock onto it, and you flick the controller up with the Axis controller. I'm actually flicking right now. I don't see if I don't know if you guys can see this, but flicking my oh, hands up in the air just like that. We're not doing a video like podcast tonight. Oh shit! Well, I'm looking at my Xbox Live Vision camera, so it's kind of throwing me off. Oh god! Do you have pants on? Yes. Please tell me you have pants on. Uh, I have sweats. Okay. All right. So you flick the controller up, and you uh, you suck up their soul, and from that point, you can use it, and uh, you can correspond each one to a directional I mean to a not to a directional button triangle square circle and X and so you can have like a ranged attack on triangle a big brunt attack on square X an X attack for like block or however you want to do it it's really customizable and you can set it up the way you want to now the character designs on the monsters especially is really really amazing stuff there's one monster I have that kind of looks like something out of a nightmarish episode of Sesame Street where he's this like giant 15 foot tall monster with like big tusks but he's got these big googly eyes and it looks really creepy and really cool and there's tons of stuff like this there's lots of different monsters to collect you'll see new monsters all the time you know it's just really it's really really cool what they did and I'm really thinking that it's it's going to be a lot deeper and a lot cooler once we get to the stuff on the PlayStation Network. Yeah. Now, there's already a bunch of stuff on this in Japan because the game was actually released in, I believe, August in Japan. Yeah, so you can go onto the months. PlayStation Network through the pub, like in the, the bartender. You can talk to the bartender and he'll, you can download stuff off the PlayStation Network. And people, you can actually go in and create randomly generated levels. You can create your own levels with different monsters, different attacks, and that kind of thing and try to get into the end. Holy shit, and I that didn't know really... that at all. What? I didn't know that at all. Yeah, you can do that. And not only that, Game Republic is working on new folklore packs for real levels in the game that hopefully have more story to them. So there's lots of stuff to extend the game. Wow. Um, yeah, there's really a lot to this game. I mean, I great, I when I rate a game... I rate it on the experience. And yeah, there's a couple little things here and there, but what game doesn't have them? And as far as an experience of playing folklore, I'm having an amazing time with it. Honestly, this is my contender right now for game of the year. This is the best Holy game I've played shit. all year. I'm not shitting you. Go out and buy this game. Please buy this game because I don't think it's going to sell well. Please buy it. Run At least they're advertising it, right it over here. What? At least they're advertising it in the United States. Yeah, I mean, have you seen the commercial? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, please buy this game. It's an amazing experience from front to back. Uh, it's long because you'll, well, there's, 
you select uh, one thing I should also mention. You select your character at the beginning. You select Keats and you select Ellen. Ellen's more of a magic user. Keats is more of a brawl. So, and from there you can do chapter one is Ellen, chapter two is Keats. And it's not just playing the level over. There's different things you do. There's different characters you meet, that kind of thing. There's different. So there's a lot of stuff to it. There's a there's great reason to go back. If you want the whole story, you got to play it twice. Right. This is my favorite PlayStation 3 game. I love it to death. If you love artistic games, uh, if you love games with artistic merit, if you love good storytelling, buy this game immediately. Definitely five out of five. Wow. All yeah, right. I love it. I love it to death. Oh, oh and by the way, if you have an HDTV, oh. yeah, the demos looked really good. So, yeah. All right. Well, thanks. Thanks for that. Jeez, that even opened my eyes a little bit to the game. So, for fuck's sake, go buy it. All right. Well, now that we're through all of our reviews and uh, we've got eh, we've got a few news items, but uh, let's go to what we've been playing before we get to the news. So. Uh, since you were just on a roll, why don't you go ahead and tell us what you've been playing besides Folklore? Well, um, I've been playing... I actually played a lot of Ridge Racer 7 because I finally I finally took the time, like the 15 minutes it took me to download all the UFRA special events off the PlayStation Network one which, by one by yeah, one. Which they still haven't packaged up like they should. Oh, why the hell runs. not? Yeah, it's, so, it's so the you, There's 25 ever. special effects uh, events. You literally have to go and download all 25 of them. These are super, super hard. If you are not a Ridge Racer, a hardcore Ridge Racer 7, need not apply. D- just don't even try. The game will kick your ass. Like, I've beat a couple of them. I can't beat the first one. I just can't do it. Like, you'll... You have to be better than perfect. Wow. Like, I'll go through this thing. I won't hit a wall. I'll nail every turn. I won't skid out. I'll do everything perfect, and I'll still be, like, five seconds short. I'm just like, what the hell do you have to do? You know, there's lots of different stuff to it. Um, let's see. A couple new PSP games. I've been playing um, Gangs of London. I picked up for $10. bucks. Um, i am actually a bit of a fan of the getaway games on the PS2, so I decided to pick this one up. Not as horrible as people said it was, but not great. Uh, the story mode's pretty cool in how you go about it. Like, you pick... You pick one of five games. You can pick like the uh, the Russians, you know, the Jamaicans, the Steel Associates, the Yakuza, the Triads. I, of course, went with the old Cockney, you know, awesome British gangsters who swear a lot, which is pretty cool. And, you know, it's classic, you know, running and gunning and, uh, and you know, driving. The game, the controls work well, but not great. I mean, they're... They're pretty. They're pretty clunky. I mean, the the lock on doesn't really work particularly well. But you know, that being said, when you get it working, it does work pretty well. And there's lots of really cool extras, like um, like the one thing uh, Mo talked about a lot when he reviewed it on Team Fremont Live was there's the pub where you go in and you can play all these pub games. You can play darts. You can play billiards. There's actually a really cool, a really great version of billiards on this. You can play U.S. nine ball or British nine ball. You know, you can play Skittles, which is a uh, like a British version of bowling, kind of. So there's lots of really cool extras on the disc. There's a really cool turn-based strategy game called um, Turf War, I think it's called, where you pick your moves and, you know, it's kind of luck of the draw type of thing, but it's pretty cool how they do it. So overall, it got a price drop, so I picked this up pretty cheap. Uh, if you're a fan of the getaway games, 
I would say uh, pick it up. It's worth a try, definitely. I don't think it's worth the 40 bucks it was worth when they first sold it, but I think it's pretty good. And I've also been playing Valkyrie Profile Lenneth for PSP. Uh, I never got a chance to play the original Valkyrie Profile. Always wanted to. Uh, it's a really good-looking game. I mean, it does hold up well. You know, sprite-based games tend to hold up a lot better than, like, polygonal-based games. Like, um... You know, great storytelling, pretty good voice acting, although there's some spots that, you know, are pretty, ugh, kind of, you know, with any Japanese RPG. Right. The gameplay holds up very well. It's very fast-paced. There's lots of, I mean, the numbers that you're doing to enemies are pretty outrageous. You'll just do combo after combo. It's pretty fun to just trick out combos and just do some crazy stuff. So I'm really enjoying that. And, um... Lots of Halo 3, but I'm sure none of you want to hear about that. Nope. I finished up Stuntman Ignition, uh, beat the Night Avenger level, which is like the Batman ripoff, and that's the final level in the game. Pretty awesome. I mean, the game just gets better and better the more you play it. It's really, really fun. Yeah, the demo's pretty and, cool. Yeah, I mean, if you like games like this, I mean, if you like crazy driving sequences, it's pretty awesome. Yeah, it was just too much memorization for me. It's definitely easier than the first one. I don't know if you ever played the first one, man. That game was just a trial in infuriating mad madness. I mean, right. it was just ridiculous. Yeah. And uh, that's it for this week. All right. Well, I was playing uh, real life moving into my parents' basement and stuff because I started my new job on Monday. But I actually hooked up my PS3 and my LCD and everything down in their basement, which I'm sitting next to right now. Um, so right now, all I have for gaming is my MacBook Pro, which I have XP running on. And I have my so PS3 you can play like Warcraft 3 and Call of Duty 2? No. Um, actually, I bought Enemy Territory Quake Wars. And Sweet! It runs really, really, really well on my laptop. So I've been playing that pretty solid for the last three days. Of course, playing a lot of Warhawk. Um, <laughs> gee, there's a shock. Um, playing some Everyday Shooter. Oh. What's that? I said I wouldn't have guessed. Yeah, yeah. Well, i got to get my rank up. I'm still at the at the rank that I was at last week, and I need to get it up again. So I'm just trying to get to that next rank. Um, been playing some MLB Power Pros, of course. Uh, we actually... Oh, I completely forgot. I bought that. And good I love man, it. Good man. It's great. And actually, now that uh, I mention it, uh, don't forget, people. Uh, we are, or actually, I am giving away a copy of MLB Power Pros for the PS2. All I have to do is go out and uh, run, you know, either go to iTunes or go to VGEVO.com. And there is a section for the VG Pub, Pub uh, podcast by Mr. Dale Coolis. And I was a guest on his show last week.